These are unsettling times, to say the least. The headlines just seem to grow more ominous each day. I'm recording this on Good Friday. This morning when I came into the office, I opened my phone, and as soon as I opened the phone, the very first headline that I saw was this one. Economic devastation looms on Good Friday like no other. That was the headline. And it wasn't just talking about economic devastation in America, but economic devastation around the world. Last Sunday, the U.S. Surgeon General, Jerome Adams, made a statement that I found to be very thought-provoking. Now, remember, this was just last Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week. He made this statement. He said, it's tragically fitting that we're talking at the beginning of Holy Week because this is going to be the hardest and saddest week of most Americans' lives due to the coronavirus. This is going to be, he said, the hardest and saddest week for most Americans in their lives. When I read that, I couldn't help but think of another time that could be called the hardest and saddest week that this world has ever known. And out of that week in Jerusalem, the week we call Holy Week, out of that hard and sad week came the good news of Easter. You see, Easter is the ultimate message of hope. The message of Easter is just simply too good to miss. God wants you to hear and to understand and to respond to the greatest news this world has ever heard, to the greatest news this world has ever seen. Because of the life-changing message of Easter, because this message of Easter is true, God wants to offer you new life in Him. That new life is described for us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, the verse that Steve read just a moment ago. And when we look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, uh, the first thing that we notice is that God gives us, through the resurrection, a living hope. God gives us a living hope. Someone has said that the greatest enemy of man is not disease, but despair. Hopelessness can make life seem unbearable. I want you to think about how hopeless it must have seemed on that Good Friday when Jesus died for his disciples. They had given their lives to following Jesus. They had surrendered everything to follow him. Their hopes were pinned on him, and then they watched him die, and they watched him be buried. Some helped in his burial, and the tomb was sealed with a stone, and their hope was dead. Despair? Oh, absolutely. It was the saddest and hardest week of their lives as they walked away from the grave of Jesus. See, hope had disappeared into a grave. But then, three days later, was Resurrection Day. So that Sunday morning, all of a sudden, everything changed. On that Sunday morning, sadness turned to worship, mourning turned to joy, doubt turned to trust, and silence turned to proclamation. You see, the resurrection really does change everything. Perhaps no writer in the New Testament captures so fully in one sentence the glory of Easter more than the apostle Peter does in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. I want you to look at this verse, and I want you to notice the very first word here. It's the word praise. He begins by praising God for something that God has done for us on our behalf. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
in his great mercy, he has given us new birth. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. The New Living Translation says, God has given us the privilege of being born again. The Message Translation says, we've been given a brand new life. What God has done for us is more than just giving us a second chance. Now look at this word. He has given us new birth. It's not just a second chance because quite frankly, if God gave us a second chance to get it right, we'd mess that one up too. If God gave us a second chance to try to live better, we'd eventually mess that up as well. God hasn't just given us a second chance. God has given us a brand new life. God has given us the privilege of being born again, a change that is so radical, a change in your life that could be so different that the best way to describe it is it's like you were born again, born a second time. You see, the message of the New Testament is that God has the power to completely change your life. There's all kinds of verses in this Bible that indicate that, that the Lord God has the power to change your life, not just to give you a second chance, not just to give you a do-over, but to change your life. Look at these verses. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. That's a power of the resurrection. God has the power to give you a new life. Look at this next verse. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Not a refurbished life, not maybe even a a better life, but he says it's a new life. Not an improved life, but a new life. Now, how is that possible? How is it possible that God could give us a new life. Well, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 shows us. Let me read the verse again. I hope you have your Bibles there with you and follow along as I read. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, the source of our hope is the resurrection of Jesus. We have living hope because we have a living Savior. Don't ever forget that. We have living hope because we have a living Savior. Watchman Nee once said this. He said, our old history ends with the cross and our new history begins with the resurrection. I love that. I want you to think about this. The resurrection wasn't for Jesus. Think about it. He could have stayed in heaven. He could have stayed there in the throne room of heaven. The resurrection wasn't for Jesus. The resurrection was for you and for me. John 14, 19 says, because I live, you will live also. Notice that word, you. Jesus said, because I live, you have the opportunity to live also. You see, the resurrection is for you, for all of your regrets, for all of your sins, for all of those things in your life that you can't make right, for all those things that you've done wrong in your life, God says it's for you. You, just as you are, not some improved version of you, but you, sinful, prideful, stubborn, struggling you. And here's the the amazing story of Easter. The same power that brought Jesus out of the grave, that same power can bring new life to you as well.
That same power can help you rise above your problems. That same power can, can give you a, a new life, a new beginning, a new you. Romans 8, 11 says it this way. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. You see, Easter is a declaration and it is also a reminder that what God did for Jesus, he can do for you. It's about God offering to rewrite your story. This difficult chapter that you're living in doesn't have to be the last chapter. In the saddest and darkest week this world has ever experienced, God offered the world hope. And today he's doing it again. Because you see, hope rose from the grave and his name is Jesus. So today he offers us the same hope that was there at the very first Easter Sunday. We have a living hope because we have a living Savior. And his story changes our story forever. So when we look at the text, God gives us a living hope, the Bible says. But also, number two, God gives us a lasting hope. One of the privileges as a Christian is the ability to have this forward look toward heaven. This ability to look beyond the right now towards heaven. The ability to look past the pain of right now to heaven. You see, time destroys most of our hopes. They fade, they diminish, and sometimes they die. But nothing can diminish the hope that we have in Jesus. Nothing. In fact, Peter in this text calls this hope an inheritance. We have a lasting hope, he says, because of an inheritance that we've been given. Look at the text again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. In verse 4, Peter describes what awaits us in heaven as our inheritance, something that God is giving us, something that God is preparing for us. And he uses these different phrases to describe the permanency of that inheritance. He said they can never perish. This inheritance can never perish. It can never spoil. It can never fade. And it's kept in heaven. There's those two words again, for you. Kept in heaven for you. Some of you perhaps have heard this story before, but it is a wonderful true story that bears repeating. There was an eight-year-old boy named Philip. He had mental and physical disabilities that made him different from the other boys and girls in his third grade Sunday school class. He didn't want to be different. He just was. That was the way he was born. On Easter Sunday, the teacher gave all of the students a large plastic empty egg and told each child to go outside and find a symbol of new life and bring it back inside to the classroom. There were 10 students there that day, including Philip. They all went running outside, outdoors, looking for something to put in their plastic egg, a symbol of new life. When they came back in, they piled their eggs on a table, and the teacher opened the eggs one by one, and they all gathered around the teacher, they gathered around the table, and they oohed and awed over what people had put in, 
in the eggs. There, one young lady put a, a flower in her egg, and, and they were ooing and eyeing over that. And somebody else had called a small butterfly and put it in the egg, and they were all fascinated by that. And then she picked up another egg, and she opened it, and it was empty. And the student said, somebody didn't do it right. Another student said, that's stupid. Somebody didn't do it right. And Philip reluctantly said, that's my egg. The kids said, you don't do anything right, Philip. You always do things wrong. Kids can be pretty insensitive at some times. And Philip looked at them, and he looked at the empty egg, and he says, I did do it right. It's empty, just like the tomb is empty. Later that summer, Philip died. He had an infection that most kids would have been able to fight off, but because of his problems, he wasn't able to, and it ended his life. On the day of his funeral, nine eight-year-old boys and girls marched through the front of the church with, along with their Sunday school teacher, and each of them carried in a plastic empty egg, and they placed it on his coffin. What's the symbol of our hope? What's the source of our hope beyond this life? You've probably read the headlines like I've been reading them this week. The death rate because of the coronavirus is doubling. It just Every three or four days in America, the death rate seems to be doubling. The death rate around the world is growing just, just in such an incredibly fast way. It's scary how many people are starting to die from this virus. What's our source of hope beyond this life? Listen to me. It's the empty tomb. The only guarantee that we have eternal life is the empty tomb. We have the guarantee, the promise of eternal life because Jesus Christ came back from the dead. God raised him from the from the dead, the Bible says. And because God gave him new life, God can give us eternal life. Our hope is not only a living hope, our hope is also a lasting hope. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. You see, the resurrection is our source of hope for this life and for the life beyond the grave. Some of you may be thinking, well, pastor, that sounds good, but my life is too broken. That sounds good, but my life is too messed up. That sounds good, but there's not hope for someone like me. I didn't grow up in church. I I don't know all of the things you're even talking about today. But listen to me, friend. Listen very carefully. It's our brokenness and our pain that makes us realize that there is no one on earth who can fix us. That brokenness, that pain that you have, it's just evidence that there is no one on earth who can fix you. And it causes us, perhaps for the first time, to think about the God that we have neglected. It causes us, perhaps for the first time, to reach out to the nail-pierced hand of Jesus. If you're in a desperate need of hope, You're simply in a desperate need of Jesus. Just knowing about Jesus is not enough. 
Just liking Jesus is not enough. Even agreeing with Jesus is not enough. That's still missing Jesus. The difference between forever with him and, the, and forever without him is do you know Jesus? You see, your hope story could start today. I mean, literally, your hope story could start today. Jesus walked out of the grave so that he could walk into your life. God's ready to unleash his resurrection power on the things that you can't fix, on the things that you can't control, on the things that you can't change. God is ready to unleash his resurrection power and give you a new life. That's why Peter says these two things. I think the message of Easter can be summed up right here. We have a living hope because we have a living Savior, and we have a lasting hope because we have heaven waiting on us. That's why Easter demands a response. See, Easter is more than just an amazing story. It's more than just a day with beautiful music and, and uh, fancy clothes. It's more than just a religious holiday. Easter is an invitation to a completely different life. Easter is your invitation to a completely different life. You see, if you only think of Easter as a religious holiday, you've missed the point. If you only think of Easter as a special time of year, you've missed the point. Easter is so much more than that. And so I want to ask you a question. Has there ever been that moment when you claimed Jesus Christ as your only hope and as your personal Savior? In John chapter 11, there's the story of Jesus who raised a man named Lazarus from the grave. And yet, before he raised him from the grave, he asked his sister, Martha, an important question. Here's what Jesus said in John 11, verse 25 and 26. He said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then there's that question. Do you believe this? He looked right at Martha, eyeball to eyeball. Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that a man can live even though he dies? Martha, do you believe this? And her reply was simply two words. Yes, Lord. The simple power of yes. One little yes can change your life. One little yes can change your eternity. Have you ever had that moment when you consciously, deliberately said, Yes, I believe that Jesus took my sins upon himself when he died on the cross. Yes, I believe that God raised him from the dead. Yes, I believe that that Jesus is living right now and wants to live in me. And yes, I want to ask Jesus into my heart and into my life. The simple power of yes. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, I want to say to you simply today, hope is here. 
Because hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And the same power that brought Jesus up out of the grave can give you a new life as well. I'm going to invite you to pray with me in just a moment. Whether uh, this is your very first time watching us or whether you come to Mount Airy all the time or maybe you're watching us in a, in a different state, maybe even in a, in a different country. If you'd like to say yes to Jesus, if you'd like to experience that living hope and that lasting hope, I want you to bow your heads with me and pray with me. This, just ask you to pray this prayer. You can pray it right there in your living room or right there in the car or wherever it is you find yourself as you're watching this. There's nothing magical about these words. It's not what really you just simply, the words that come out of your mouth, but really it, it is the message that comes from your heart. The Bible says in Romans, if you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head right now, right with me, and pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I don't just need a second chance. I need a new life. I repent of my sins, and I'm asking for your forgiveness based on Jesus' death on the cross. I confess and claim Jesus today as my Savior and as my Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. And I ask you to give me new life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me living hope. And thank you for giving me lasting hope. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that there were many who prayed that prayer with me today. And if you did, I would ask you to do one simple thing. Would you go get on your computer and would you go to www.info@mountarybaptist.com? Just send me an email. Info@mountarybaptist.com. Just send me an email. Let me know who you are, where you live. Let me know, most importantly, that you've trusted Christ as your Savior today. Info@mountarybaptist.com. We would love to send you some materials, whether you're living here locally or you're in some other place around the country. We would love to send you some materials that would help you begin your relationship with Jesus Christ. So I hope you'll send me that email today. Now, to the Mount Airy family, let me tell you something. I love you, and I miss being with you. And I wish that on this Easter Sunday... We could have gathered and filled this sanctuary and the choir and, and had just an incredible time, an energetic time of worship. But maybe today what we really need is just focus on the true meaning of Easter. Focus on the fact we have a living hope and a lasting hope because we have a living Savior. Easter never really was about a big sanctuary or a big choir or fancy clothes or any of those things. And this year, we get to focus on the real meaning of Easter. Because of the resurrection, we have new life and a lasting and living hope.